succeed at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento honestly is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls, trivia on Mondays, taco Tuesdays, first Wednesday live jazz, live DJs Thursday, parties. The food is darn good. Special happy hour prices all night long with your Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival ticket, March 1st through 5th. Check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. They were very nice. Asiento. El Rio began her life in 1978 as a leather Brazilian gay bar. We are an LGBTQ plus space who is welcoming to all good people. We actively invest in communities to promote social change. We actively invest in our local arts and music scene to give space for artists. We actively pursue underserved communities in the use of our space. We are an awesome supporter of the fifth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, hosting an incredible offside show. Wednesday, March 4th, 9 to 11 p.m. with LGBTQ plus and allied comics. So come out to 3158 Mission Street at Cesar Chavez, San Francisco. It's open every day at 2 p.m. with an incredible back patio. El Rio is your dive. here with a very special podcast we're just Kasim Ben you hear the trippy music you know what time it is time for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2020 special edition special special edition here of there are some who call me Tim I didn't time it right. There it is. There are some who call me Tim. It's a show where we talk about what people believe in and what keeps them from killing themselves. Just kidding. No, what, what keeps people alive and their belief system and where they came from and all that kind of stuff coming out of Monty Python and the Holy Grail, searching for the Holy Grail. They come across a sorcerer. They ask him his name, and he says, there are some who call me Tim. And that the search for the meaning of life is constant and wonderful. And here we are today with April Gallaty. Hello. Out of Portland, Oregon. Hello. I heard you in here talking to yourself. Yeah. I was, I was taking artistic pictures of your of your entrance to Mutiny Radio oh. for posting on Instagram later. Oh. Support, yes, support, please. The support. Hashtag MCRF5 Mutiny Radio Comedy Fest. Absolutely. I don't understand any of the platforms, but I know that they're important. <laughs> they mean they, something. They, there's a belief system there, and I, uh, I should believe in Instagram more than I do. Yep. So usually I have people turn around 
and okay. look deep into the eyes of Sparkle Jesus. <laughs> and I ask you, do you believe in Jesus? I do not. He never lived. He never walked the earth. He isn't the son of God. No. All just a big old story. All just a big old story. Just one of many. Made up by... Humans for their purposes and needs to find a way not to kill themselves every day. Ah, uh-huh. so you don't subscribe to this external morality kind of thing? No. How do you not kill people every day if no one tells you what's right and wrong? I have no desire to kill people. Uh, ooh. I kill as much as I like every day. Yeah? Yep. All right. That's, uh, I think uh, Penn Teller, Penn and Teller, um, Penn of Penn and Teller, no. Yes, the tall one. The uh-huh, tall one that uh-huh. talks. Sure. I think that's Penn is the one who says that uh, somebody had asked him, like, if he doesn't believe in a God, then how does he not keep from raping? And he's like, I rape as much as I want to every yeah. day. <laughs> that's Which is zero yeah. raping. Yeah, exactly. Aaron Atkins just joining us. Uh-oh. Aaron Ta- Atkins. Hello. Here we are. And some call me Tim. No, the other, this, sit, do this one. Oh, you gotta, this is a better he knows mic. he's been here before. Uh, Aaron Atkins, Hello, look, deep, look deep into the eyes of Sparkle Jesus behind you. Do you believe in Jesus? Not as a deity, but as a person, yeah. I know. Okay. So he did walk the earth. April says no walking the earth. Never existed. Nah. Not a real guy. I no. can believe that, too. I can believe that, too. I, I'm just giving him the benefit of the doubt and saying that he was at least real, but definitely not magical. It's just, it's the human need to be tribal. And it's easier to keep, I think, people kind of in line with things, give them something to work towards, and explain mysteries of life kind of all in one convenient package. Yeah. Jesus is a nice convenient package. Yeah. It's the current one. And it seems to be losing hold. (laughs) You know, who knows what the next one's going to be. Well, that's what we were saying yesterday is that religion just provides, like, meaning for people. Yeah. You need that meaning, you know? Otherwise, you're lost without it. Uh, Yeah. What is your... So... And that's the thing. It's, well, so this is funny. I grew up so Christian, and I used to watch movies. And if there was no God component, I'd like look up at my parents, and I'd be like, I don't understand this movie. How are they living without Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? Like, so how weird. are they even <laughs> finding any meaning? Or they have never mentioned him, not even once. How can this even be a story? Who are these characters? It's <laughs> bizarre. Because I was <laughs> so, bizarre. like, yeah, sheltered and yeah. weird about uh, just because my whole life was surrounded around this relationship with Jesus Christ, it was hard for me to imagine that people lived their life without that. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and for, and for me growing up, it was like, um, you know, like my, I remember my neighbors went to church all the time. Like the mom, the dad, and the two sons went to church all the time. And all my brothers and sisters always went to church with them. So by proxy, I went as well. How did you know they were going to church? Because they dressed up? Yeah. I mean, they were all just leaving the house as a group. They could have been going to Denny's. Uh, no, cool. well, they were all leaving Formal the house Denny's. as a group. They were all going to the same place. Okay. I know because I went with them. Okay, okay. And um, it was one of those things, like, I would sit back and I would watch how people would, like, put their hands up in the air and the swang back and forth. You could tell there was some feeling there. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was missing out on something. Like, I never... I just never got that. You never got the feels from Jesus. Yeah, and I was like, what is that? And so I I was telling you earlier about the uh, paint can bead theory. Mm -hmm. Um, This is not mine. This is from a a gentleman named Vashon Bench, Hmm. so just to be clear. But basically he said that his atheism is kind of like paint can beads. Uh, that are in a paint can that he he had the super religious he had like an Episcopal dad 
preacher dad who was like snake uh, snakes and tongues and all that mm-hmm. 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 and he says uh, like all the pain is out of the paint can like the religion he does not believe in it. he's solidly an atheist but those paint cans with beads are still in there and every once in a while you know in the middle of the night you're laying there and they'll shake around and oh you mean like yeah. in a spray can yeah yeah oh that's a great little image yeah, that's the leftover part of that, and that's what wakes you up in the middle right, of the night. Right, taken all the nitrous yes. out of the... Exactly. Right. <laughs> you okay. used all the huffing agents right. out of the spray paint can, exactly. and what's left is that... Yeah. I get that. And that is the bead of religion that sticks <laughs> that with sticks you. sticks with you, but I've never had that. You never had never. the bead. Never had well, it. How do you find spirituality now? Not through I Christianity, right? I don't. I don't know what that means. Spirituality, like, you know, your connection to, like, a higher being or, like, the things around you in a metaphysical way? No. Not at all? No, I have no idea what that means. Yeah, I've never felt that. Like, I was sent to church early, like, when uh, I had an uncle die, and I was at the church, and everybody started saying the Lord's Prayer. And um, my sister looked at me, and she, (laughs) yeah. I don't even know it. And I was, (laughs) me either. I was just kind of going, yeah. And my sister was, you don't know the Lord's prayer. And I'm like, no, I never felt necessary to. Are you a science girl then? Are you all about science? Well, no, because I was raised in the South, and girls are taught to be stupid. So I was, I got none of that. So to, to 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 backtrack, when you were in church with all those people and they're all singing things at the same time, you didn't feel the feeling. Mm-mm. Like, I just think I was that, embarrassed. But if there's 400 people and they're all singing the same song at the same time, there is something there. It's like being at a concert or something where you have this right. communal feeling because everyone's sort of experiencing the same thing at the same time, and there's this external like, what is that? And I think some people call it God, but it could just be. Everybody's singing the same note at the same time. Yeah, everyone's just vibing. It's the shared Vi- energy. They're just vibing. I was always um, embarrassed. Yeah. I always remember standing back and being embarrassed mm-hmm. and and like what curious, like, what are these people doing? Like, yeah. th- if if I don't feel it, what, what bullshit are they? They're lying. Well, yeah, yeah. And, and they might be. Pentecostals believe that you don't truly become a Christian until you receive the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit comes to you from the Book of Acts, where when the the Holy Spirit came down after Jesus was erected and everyone spoke in tongues. Mm -hmm. And so they believe that if you don't speak in tongues, you haven't fully accepted the Holy Spirit. And therefore, people speak in tongues a lot because that's how you prove that you're one with, you know. Interesting. So you have to do the... And they're like, oh, they're speaking in tongues. And then somebody like says, oh, I can can translate this. I speak the God language. And then it becomes this sort of... Right? That's very culty. But there's a reason behind it, yeah. And it's, uh, and it comes from the Book of Acts, and it's like uh, really? the part yeah. that they're not uh, remembering is tongues that they don't know. So they were speaking actual languages. I mean, Just were they in the story? That they did not know. Right in the story, it was about um, when Jesus and rose so up and he said, "Okay, now you're going to spread it all out. Everybody, go spread the word to everyone." And ev- the Holy Spirit entered them, and they all spoke in tongues, and they were other languages that they didn't know so like then you could send them off to the romans or you could send them off to italy or wherever i mean that's the same place the greeks whatever but But real languages but real languages but were they because is the bible just purely allegorical or is it a real story did it really i mean so that's when we get into funky things where Hmm. some people believe it is a historical text that's 100 percent true and some people go 
No. Great fiction. <laughs> Great science fiction. Yeah. I mean, it really is like a very well-written story, you know, right? I, there's there's no. a lot of there's no. a lot of characters and element the development there. It just there's a lot of issues there. <laughs> well, have you read Have you read Million Little Pieces by James Fry? That no, fake drug addict guy. Yeah. You know, this, it's fake, but hey, man, it's a great story. You know, I'm not going to deny it. It's right. not real, but it's a pretty good story. Uh, it's, <laughs> they call it um, uh, fictionalized memoir now. They came yeah. up after that book had a big with Oprah, and he's like, she's lying. <laughs> I, I can't find that clip anywhere. That's the dress my white whale on the internet is to mm. find Oprah bitching out James Fry for lying about <laughs> being an addict. Had, well, the, the whole book, people got all up in arms about it, and so they kind of started a new genre called fictionalized memoir. Hmm. So that you can get away with not lying. having it be yeah real yeah <laughs> so you get away with lying that's fine yeah but you know there are there are places in the Bible um, where like they built the altar for my God and your God and whichever God lights it on fire um, oh right I remember that one hmm. well once I got older and I started learning a little bit about science I understood about instant fire. And realized that that was all theatrics. Right, yeah, and they could have so. used lenses or um, instant fire. Um, as as you read it, he kept saying, "Put more water on it. Put more water on it." And that is the final step in instant fire. Uh, so it's yeah. magic. Uh, yeah, yes. see, like we were saying, this is the first depictions of Jesus were with a wand. But this was, the this was something that they used to prove team. that God was real, and it was theatrics. It was, uh, it was science. Mm. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's always science in well, the there end. Was, yeah. I, I always thought that way about the parting of the Red Sea in the Old Testament when the Jews were escaping the Pharaoh and Moses was leading them into the new land. That's enough. And he parts the Red Sea. Well, maybe it was low tide or maybe there was some <laughs> weird like maybe there earthquake was a or something. Getting ready yeah. to happen. A tsunami getting ready to happen. It all got sucked out. Away. and it's a They what crossed and then it crashed in. That explains the whole story. It could still, have wouldn't there be more people writing about it though? Wouldn't there be more people like, dude, this fool just split an ocean in half but no one wrote anything down. Everyone was just like, that was crazy. Let's keep doing whatever we're doing. Well, maybe <laughs> they did, but I mean, they just don't have preservation, the preservation abilities that we have now. But we still have tablets from like the f ancient but I feel like we would see at least one from like the plague or anything uh, corroborating we have tablets anything from well before uh, the Bible was written and well before the Jewish uh, came about describing the great flood and that was when the Jewish children were being taught in those public schools I wish I could I think it was Egypt well hmm. the the flood, they say, with the Noah and the flood, that that the ark still lives on Mount Ararat, like that, that they found the ark and it's on Mount Ararat, and they they let us see it. Well, that's the thing too, is that now with all of the uh, ice caps melting and everything, it, it should melt away, and we should be able to we see it. It's just yeah. there. Yeah. Um, Show me. Air Force pilots um, have reported seeing. Right. So I've seen, and I've seen like pictures they say they've done like 3d imaging or, or like some kind of thing but there it is atop oh, this mountain i think most of the torah is legend the mountain, you know and that is where right in the old testament, testament the torah the same on. well they're the well, yeah, it's the a old, we version yeah. of the torah. well it depends on which also translations you go through so you start right. the new testament was in aramaic what was the old testament in what was being passed down and when you change every time you change linguistically from from 
you know, from uh, language to language, or even now when we have the the King James version, that's in English, but then you also have the the national the NIV version, and you have the like LIV. You have all these different versions, and they change words around like crazy. Times, if you think yeah. about, um, the Greeks have like nineteen words for love, and then if you look at the word love, and you could mean filial love, like brotherly love, or like love, love. So just even etymologically, it seems silly that we're still working with this text. And believing yeah. it, like, oh, this It's been is translated so many times, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. so many times. Well, when you look at the base of, of many of the words, like sin, sin, the original version of it was to fall short of a goal. Hmm. But what has Christianity made it sound like now? Right, you know? right. Hmm. To fall short of a goal isn't so such a terrible thing because that happens all the time. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. It's well, like every time, time we shit on stage. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just lowered. That wasn't my goal. I've learned through <laughs> I've learned through times that uh, goals are like expectations, and it's better if you keep them low. <laughs> yeah. Then then it's like, oh, I succeeded. <laughs> my my list in the morning looks like it's like wake up, brush teeth, and <laughs> I cross things out. I'm like, look, <laughs> I accomplished like, it. I woke up. <laughs> Yay! One thing crossed <laughs> off my list. <laughs> brush teeth. Okay. We I didn't spend it. too many spoons today. Yeah. It's <laughs> nice to wake up happy that you woke up. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I just. What are, <laughs> what are the goal? I try to keep my goals like. Because if I well, ever there have been days, me. This morning, my cat shit on the couch that I was sleeping on yeah. while I was sleeping. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, your cat up. is mad at you? No, I don't know. I did. I just woke up. No, trust over your cat is mad at you. <laughs> Why? How long has it been anything? since you've seen this cat? It's been about. I guess three, four months. He always. It acts like he doesn't remember me. He actually doesn't remember me. I picked him out of the shelter, and he's still. He's my dad's best friend. He doesn't like mm. me. Well, he's BS. mad at you. He that is definitely yeah, mad at you. Yeah, he's mad at me for you. something. Yeah. You left. Yeah. yeah. And so now he's giving me the cold shot. He's found someone else. He's found and, my and he's dad. And he's pooping. He'd be pooping. How old is he? <laughs> it might be a health problem, too. No, he's young. He's like three? He's like oh, four yeah. now. Yeah, he's regular. Yeah, that's a fuck you poop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. Cat I woke up and I was like, did I do that? <laughs> Trust, I know no. bullshit. Do you I, I convinced my, my cousins that were growing up in the city that they were great race poops, the dried ones. Oh, dear Lord, you're oh. having them throw poop around. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's comical. They do would play a frisbee with cow pies. Do you, believe, <laughs> do you believe cats have a soul? Aaron, do you believe cats have a soul? Yeah, I think cats have a soul. I think consciousness is your soul. That's what I think. And that's why I think there's like the, the universal consciousness. We all have the same consciousness, different like brains and stuff, but like cats have the same consciousness. We are one. Yeah. So it's not the ability to like process one. it the same way. So whales have consciousness. Yeah. Have you seen a whale's eye? This morning I was telling you about this. I, I when I talk about shit that I see on Reddit, no one else ever seen it. It's not interesting inherently. I get it. But on Reddit this morning, <laughs> I saw a, a fucking guy was like going up with this whale and just the whale's eye. I've never seen a whale's eye. It looks <laughs> just like a human eye. Wow. Just, look, just looking dragging. around and shit. Mm, they're just gigantic. They're, they're just big. Yeah. yeah. Thinking I think about everything is part of the consciousness, including plants. Even like flies. Sure. Flies have consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. But they just process it on such a low, quote unquote, lower level. I just feel like it's much smaller for them. I feel like humans have taken themselves out of the the natural flow of things, though. Have it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I've criminalized the natural life. I'm I'm really starting to kind of come around to the idea that we might actually be in that that what do they call it the sixth extinction. 
uh, phase on the Sixth Earth. Extinction. Sixth extinction. There, there's a there's a theory that the Earth has had people on it, and we've gone extinct <gasps> or almost extinct, almost six times. No, uh, I love this theory. I've never heard five this. times, <laughs> and this is the sixth one well, coming. Oh, I love that. Mm. I believe that we are the seventh um, species of man. The seventh species. The seventh. Okay. I, I prescribe to that first to that divs. belief. First. I say we're first. <laughs> but so so like there have archaeological digs have proven that one. So, so we're like not the um, first humans. But like, so like the Neanderthals so. were a pre-incarnation of what we are. Right. Yeah. But they're completely different. We know that their bones and brains and stuff are completely different than but, us. But they are. We have all been various. I feel like I'm on an episode of Joe Rogan. <laughs> you do DMT? We <laughs> <laughs> I believe we are the seventh species of man. Yes. We're the seventh. So there have been. So you think there have been seven incarnations from like the first between Neanderthals and the ones right. before, and yet. Damn. And so like what? Every thousand years, we're kind of all new. Anyways, I mean, I guess no, that makes sense. Even a hundred years, because I, I saw that. beds. I was I saw some historical beds from like the 1900s in a house that was like this was a house they lived in and they were tiny people yeah. were tiny we have better nutrition people were like oh, yeah. short and t their beds were like like a like a, a regular man was like my size like five five the, they were small beds mm -hmm. yeah I was like, Napoleon How was not that? short that was and that yeah. was like nutrition in at, at during childhood is so important yeah because when you are not able to sustain um, your health, you're not gonna grow. Yeah. Right. That is why my grandfather was four foot nine. Oh, because he was a, he ha he was a sick child. Oh mm. wow! Th during the depression or something? Um, I know he served during Korea. Oh, oh. okay. You know, so well, that yeah, he was he probably a depression, born, depression, yeah, he was born baby. Born during yeah, the depression. Sure. Yeah, my mom was born in '36, so. And my, and, and my dad was just a few years older, and yeah, he served in Nor Vietnam and, and Korea, so. Mm -hmm. I grew up vegan. My, I grew up eating fucking couscous. I was supposed to be 6'2". I'm 5'10". <laughs> I'm 5'10", dude. This sucks. Quinoa fucking quinoa did it. Did I you grew up on a pig I'm farm. I'm not saying DNA doesn't play a factor. <laughs> it, yeah. But um, I'm saying that poor nutrition during childhood is very key Definitely. in development. And that's what's that's so sad. That's why I advocate so much for the you know the food rescues because they yes. are the ones getting fresh produce they're getting that they're the only ones getting actual nutrition to the poor and that's so important just these like pouches in africa these little vitamin pouches have all these things sorry go on I was no 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 y'all are right no i mean you were talking about growing it like but on the other side of it there's like i grew up on a farm uh eating um you know uh, chicken, fresh chicken and fresh mm. eggs off the farm. And my mm. mom, we had uh, pigs and stuff that we Me slaughtered. Too. So we're oh, we're little potato people. Like we're all Irish, <laughs> and like we look like little potatoes. We're, and my brother used to describe the women in our family as stout, round, and close to the ground. Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> so we're little farm-working, farm-working women. Where in the South are you from? Right? I'm from Rome, Georgia. Rome, Georgia. Mm -hmm. I mean, isn't that is that close to um that close to Athens by chance? I know Athens. Mm, Georgia. No, yeah, that's it's where about from. it's about three hours north. Okay. Mm. Yeah, three or four hours north. Yeah. My my buddy's my buddy's father uh, was a professor at the college in Athens, Georgia. Yeah. Whatever that is. Uh, U G right? Yeah. UG, he was a, he yeah. was a professor of theoretical chemistry. Like, what the fuck does that even mean? What is theoretical chemistry? <laughs> I'd look at his books sometimes. He's like, I my friend Charlotte would be like, he wrote this book. And I'm like looking at it. Like, this <laughs> is, like, this is this not makes English. No words. These are English <laughs> words, but it doesn't make any sense at all. They're just numbers. Like they're trying to 
communicate. You know, when you said know. that uh, you had asked if I was a science person, I should I should say that I, w I didn't try to educate myself during my primary years, but yes, I am an uh, like I will go with the best science of the moment. Did you just burn your yeah, eyelash off? Blue fucking just <laughs> I just blew smoke weed weed ash into my eye. Oh my god. That's some farm effect right there. Yeah, You'll never get up. corona. That, that better get me so faded. <laughs> I will not crossfade the yeah. the keef right into I, your eye. I, I'm sorry, but you're your science person you do science stuff now or are you Well no, I'm just saying that yeah, I'm, I try to go with the best science that's available to us as consumers right. that I can. I mean yeah. I'm not I read MSN. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> yeah. I'm not exactly a researcher research scientist i'm not gonna say yeah no i didn't go for that sort of education so i believe in creation i don't know a lot of the science you believe hmm? in like divine creation no oh creation no i i believe that we the earth has right. been here evolving for many millions of and billions of years oh, hell yeah retweet you know and that um christianity is a great story well, see, now yeah, here's the thing about. I think it's well written. You know? Here's yeah. the thing well, about the great. Now. Here's the thing about the great story and the way that it can work for creationists if they choose to think of it this way. God created the world in seven days, right? Uh, we wrote it down. But what is a God day? How long is a God day? A God day. God doesn't understand time. God doesn't know time. God, yeah. God's outside of time. So, uh, for us, the hubris of us to put a man-made construct on something that we can't possibly understand. Oh yeah. Days. Gender too on God. That's well, so sure, weird. exactly. Him. Gender. But the fuck. So, if we say, oh well, sense. the Earth, maybe the world was created in seven days. Maybe seven God days. God's yeah. days could be five hundred billion years. Light years. Yeah, we have no right? idea what a it's God relative. day is because what is fucking God? But. That's the only, if creationists sold me that line, I'd be like, okay, fine, maybe. Okay. Because then I feel like you're sort of still buying into the science of right. the earth yeah. was not created in seven days. No, no. Like, but it some people was created that. over the course of, you know, I mean, I believe yeah. in the science of all that. I believe that, you know, I certainly do not believe that it, it was seven days. And I right. do not yeah. believe that Adam and Eve were the first, no. you know. I think a lot of what became the Torah, which got bastardized into the Old Testament, um, that was legend, but Homer Total was more accurate. Oh, whisper, whisper, you know? Yeah. I think some of it actually happened, but they just got like mythologized to the point. Yeah. Because that's what humans, yeah. humans are wired for story. Like mm -hmm. I said, yeah. Homer yeah. was more mm -hmm. accurate. Yeah, well, yeah. Also, we have to think about the no one knew how to read. Yeah. The only people that knew how to read were the priests. Comics. <laughs> it was comics. Doing, doing a little set. <laughs> doing a little before. ten minute god set. But it was all <laughs> it was a, it was auditorily passed down right. and the easiest way to remember things is through story because you have yeah. a story arc and it's Meaning. easier to remember because you're going from one place to another in your and because you were doing it it was right. an auditory passing no one knew how to read no one right. knew how to read yeah. right so not it, women it not men nobody yeah. it was passed on just like homer was taught because mm -hmm. homer was illiterate you know yeah so but he was more accurate than those who passed down those stories because we know we've watched uncle kenny tell stories and it's a of what we were there to see, and we've seen th how things got grandized. Yeah, right? sure, yeah, sure. Yeah, well, also, what? also right. on a so on a metaphysical on a metaphysical level, every time you revisit a memory, that memory changes because Memories you. Well, oh, yeah. But I mean, they're real, but they're so they're sieves. They're, they're so real, valuable. but they're constantly malleable. They're constantly changing. 
And they do change every time because when we revisit a memory, we're revisiting it from a different point in our life. We have a different perspective on said memory. Therefore, the memory that we're visiting, although it's the same, is different. Right. So every time we remember anything, we're actually changing the memory. And then you have to consider like what we do as comics. We actually will move information around to make a point more interesting how to our audience so sure that that fucks with your memories too you know yeah absolutely like sometimes i you know i growing up with you remember i told you um my mom was 36 when she had me but yeah, i had yeah. four siblings uh, older than me 18 16 14 and 12 when i was born yeah built-in yeah. babysitters yeah oh, that's older yeah, way Irish, older. Jeans uh, or what? Yeah, very much Irish jeans, sixty-six percent. Um, yeah, and the other t- uh, other thirty-three percent is uh, Swedish and European, like uh, England that mm. that area. So, um, but the, the but my my brothers and sisters like. I would hear my brother Johnny. I would be hanging out with him, and he would tell me a story about something that happened before I was born. And then later, I'd be hanging out with Deborah, and Deborah would tell me the same story, but it would be just a little different. <laughs> yes. She was either the person who was in charge in the story or the hero or whatever. And then I would hear my sister Sherry tell a story, and sh- it would be just slightly bent yeah. to her. And yeah. I'm like, huh? So perspective. Yeah, it's really yeah. I was really uh, aware of perspective that's of story a that's long such an time ago. Perspective is like the thing that takes longest to, for at least for me to grasp in like literature and stuff like that was like that. I mean, to, I mean, you know, understand that it's coming from this person, but understand how that changes with different tellings. It's oh, yeah. kind of interesting. Well, I'll, forever. well what, the reason I'm so conscious of it is because uh, I did the whole 23andMe uh, thing to find out what my heritage was because there was a story of Native Americans in our family. Ah, uh, that, all right, Elizabeth Warren. You right? get it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. So well on, I have always heard these stories, right? And there's the story of this Native American dude that came into Georgia and fell in love with like a great 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 grandmother asked for a hand in marriage dad said no stole her away came back later said no stole her away came back later too bad married her anyway all right so hmm. my, everybody in my family is see-through we are born with blonde or red hair blue eyes or green eyes and we're see-through there is so no where is where see? is Uncle Redfeather? <laughs> right? Where so is where Grandpa? Is big Grandpa Redfeather? Redfeather. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where is he? Moved is he? Yeah. Is he? Like I don't know. Several grades. Yeah. And, and honestly, I, c- I couldn't tell you what the truth is. Mm. So and is there any Native American blood in your twenty-three? Zero. And zero. It's zero. a lie. Zero. My mother Your parents are liars. Yeah. My mother has always that that said that. My mother has always said that there was Cherokee in our family, mm. and I, I would. Guarantee you, there's none. Mm. Well, you got to do that 23 and me. See if your mom will find now, it. See, there is. It's, it's, more my myths. it's more stories. Uh, now, here there is. The government already has it. Nobody else needs it. Yeah, there fair, is a fair, scientific fair. caveat to my 23 and me, though. It's not the complete story because I only have the maternal side. I don't carry my dad's Ooh. genes. So, so I need. Still there's still a chance. And I cannot get my brother or any of his kids to take the test. Why not? I don't think they want to know the truth. Oh. They'd rather keep the story. I'd rather keep. They they'd rather keep all the truth. They'd rather keep the story. You know what? The truth. I have a I have a friend here in San Francisco whose mother is Native American, and she she came up not the mother, but my friend was saying that maybe it's one of those things where you can kind of offset some guilt about the atrocities that occurred. Oh, that if you're part sure. of that group, sure, sure, you right. know. 
Right. So no, it's uh, hey, I get it. I get that. You know. So yeah. I got a, a lot of white guilt. I'm a quarter Asian. Yeah. Fully one quarter. I think that's. I always thought that was enough to be like, I'm mixed. But because I present so like white, that oh, it doesn't really. Like, I can't. You white. should I present very white. But my cousin, who's also a quarter Asian, she looks fully Filipino. She doesn't look like Asian. It's still like because she's you know she gets she's more uh, tan skin than I well, am. She's you know, hazel eyes. There I, is Spanish in Filipino people. It's true. We're not Spanish though. No. So so you're. I thought you were part Chinese. Yeah. Well, okay. Oh, okay. We're Scottish and, and Chinese. So I'm sorry. I, I should heard let Filipino. You I assume that she was looks Filipino. Okay. Because she's a quarter Asian. That's what okay. I was. Yeah. But you're See, a I quarter Asian. You, you, but you have the you have the pretty eyes. So I should tell you that I, my boyfriend was giving me a ride here in the morning, and he was saying, he was saying, which one of those? He said there was one comic because I always say, these, oh, they're too good looking to be a comic. And he brought you up. He's like the one. He's <laughs> so good looking. Why is he not oh, a model? You. He was thank like, I, I, I was like, I know he's got these, these cute little dimples and the Aww. widespread eyes he was like he's got these high cheekbones i'm like i know You're making right? me blush but he was well that is a so nickname for people who are the third the third oh yeah triple yeah i got quadroon but you're, you're <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> like, that's kinda, even worse yeah it. it is worse i, I can't repeat it even. you're so but tall yeah. and striking because of just your your eyes are wide set you. your, your facial structure and your bones and stuff and he was like why is he not modeling and i was like i don't know he's in chicago maybe he well, should like get some pictures you. done or something I, I did actually try to model for a couple seconds and that shit sucks oh yeah, my really? god it really it's hard. sucks is it soul it, sucking it makes it's you feel so, like what is it like look i like I, I i i'm very glad that people think that i'm good looking and it makes me feel good thank you you know uh also i but i don't like that being i don't even like leaning into it too much i don't like it being a part of my identity so much in the in the people that I worked with as model. I mean, I like it. No, I'll tell you, I like it, but I still like it. Doesn't form as forms a, how other people see me. I can't see myself as a know? reformed hot girl. I'm offended. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I just didn't want to. And, and people that are and, and all the models that I worked with because I did it like casually for like two a couple of weeks, maybe like a month. Casual were, model. That's the name of your band. <laughs> casual casual model. That is yeah yeah I like that. It's like ska. <laughs> they they on, all sorry. but they all identify like as hot people as models and like as smoldery people. When I smolder for a photo, like I I can't look at a photo of myself. Where I'm like, <laughs> it's just so like it's oh, awful. It's, it's cringy. It's oh. cringy. And same it for all these like music. I want to be a comedian too because musicians do the same thing where they have to be like smoldery and like and sad and brooding and it's just trying to be like hot or whatever and i just don't like that as like an identity thing personally it really wasn't part of my identity for (laughs) i really didn't understand why people just gave me things <laughs> Must be nice. There is a, yeah, there is a privilege. <laughs> that might be part of it, just trying to be like, I'm not that privileged, but there is a privilege to being attractive. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. I, I and I worked it, and I didn't realize how much I worked it until I quit working it. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, does anybody subscribe to anything now as a specific religion? You're a little Buddhist, right? Not really, no. Not really. No, no, I could. I don't. I don't feel like I can claim that. I don't meditate or anything. I just like the ideas. Okay. Like, so like you're ideally. a philosopher. You're modern day philosopher. Oh, and I, yeah, I guess I, I like to read uh, books and see what I can gain from living on that. But sure. Not necessarily like a set thing of beliefs. I have three favorite authors. Top three. Top three favorite authors. You make me sound like pretentious on the radio. Yeah, hell yeah. This, this is NPR for a yeah. second. I'm gonna say <laughs> you, those I'm gloves Terry are too Gross. pretentious for this poem. <laughs> uh, Annie Proulx, amazing. She wrote The Shipping News. She also wrote Brokeback Mountain. Oh, all She's right. She's amazing. <laughs> uh, Albert Camus, he's amazing. Oh yeah, sure. Um, and it's just three, right? L'étranger. It's just three. Yeah, l'étranger, yeah. la plage. Um, I would say the last one would be 
Jean Paul Sartre. Oh, yeah. Jean Paul Sartre. So here's a deep cut. Here's a deep cut on Jean Paul Sartre, and I'm wondering if you've read it. He wrote a play in the 40s called The Respectful Prostitute. Do you know about mm, this? No, I do not. Know. Okay, this is a play he wrote, and he wrote it about racial relationships in the United States, and mm. it was based off a real story about a black guy on a train getting blamed oh, for raping yeah. a white woman, but she he never did that, and it was because the white guys on the train actually shot his friend and then they were related to a senator. So anyways, it's the story about how they get this prostitute who was on the train, who saw the whole thing. They say the black guy raped her and how they twisted around with money and all these things happen and she meets him and it's this amazing play. And I wanted to redo it here at Mutiny Radio as for like, Black History Month and stuff mm -hmm. like that, but I couldn't get any comedians and actors because they're like, there's too much N-word and this is just too real Ooh. right now. And I'm like, this is written by Jean-Paul Sartre in the 40s. You can't run away from it. And it, it's a it's a crazy, crazy play. People and are it's trying amazing. to scrub yeah. the past. Yeah. You know, they're mm -hmm. like, oh, look, they have taken Laura Ingalls Wilder's Oh, uh, I love Laura Ingalls Wilder. Name off of the award oh. that was created in her honor yes. because of the statement no, uh, the only Indian good Indian is a dead Indian but that was what was taught to her at that time right and there's yeah, some blackface there's in a little town in little town on the prairie at the end there's a mistral show that they're in and there's blackface and pa and everyone's mm. in blackface and there's a picture of it and yeah. they're all jigging around and they have blackface <laughs> it's pretty it's, it's, it's brutal it, but it, she wrote but it's her experiences that she's writing about from 1846 right. 1876 yeah. you know all that kind of timey the people for what they were taught there's well you, there we have to acknowledge the past acknowledge yeah. that yeah. it's mm -hmm. fucked up the yeah. context of it without Did sitting in judgment because we have to remember that we've come a long way since well yeah. i love laura ingalls wilder and there's a cookbook that i have which is all the anything that's in laura ingalls wilder's books and they put it in the cookbook and how you make it and wow it is hard to make cheese <laughs> uh, but it, i love this book it's like all old-timey shit and like making bread from like it's Anyways, I'm obsessed with Laura Ingalls Wilder. <laughs> I always have been. I, I would love to be a homesteader. I totally idealize yeah. that, that time in America when you really were working. It was like subsistence farming was the goal. And now we're like so far removed from that mentality of yeah. hard work. And I am yeah. such a pampered princess. Like the moment shit hits the fan, I'm going <laughs> to have to take the cyanide pills. I really am. <laughs> I, drink the Kool -Aid. I can't survive. Oh, I can't wait till this shit goes down. I need oh, a C and <laughs> I'm so white. <laughs> it's I'm amazed how many people are yeah. um, stockpiling bullets, but they're not learning how to load. <laughs> 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 I'm and not, and, I'm and they're 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 taking care of the guns part, but they're not thinking about that fact that they're gonna want to hunt a lot more quietly, oh. you know. And That's so true. anytime somebody wants to speak prepper with me, I, I'm a country kid. Let's talk. Let me tell you all the things you're fucking up. Oh, I'm not yeah, gonna. <laughs> they are gonna survive. <laughs> Only the southern United States is gonna be around. I don't know if I'm gonna survive or not. I don't know if I plan on on tucking away somewhere. We'll decide based on what happens. I'm, yeah. I have my whole I apocalypse mean. plan in play, <laughs> and you're welcome to join me. Mm. There's a house. It's a beautiful house, and it was built in the late 1800s. It survived the first earthquake and the second, really, if you think about it. It survived the, the earthquake of 89 as well. Mm. 
and it is like a four-story, uh, beautiful Victorian home, and it has a basement and a backyard and a rooftop, and it's filled right now, and it's all refurbished and gorgeous with this flocked wallpaper and all these inlays and just this gorgeous banister. It's this amazing, like, mansion. Jesus. But what's inside of it is lawyers. Oh, yeah, lawyers. <laughs> Motherfuckers from... From Antioch or Walnut Creek, Danville, they ain't coming in in the apocalypse. That is my house now. That is my <laughs> you know, house. Lawyers ain't coming back. I'm gonna put it on the rooftop deck. I'm gonna have a pigeon coop. I'm gonna be friends with pigeons. I'm gonna be like feeding them and petting them and then taking them off in the corner and murdering them and eating, eating them, saving their I'm gonna have chickens in the back. I need some sniper rifles on the, the roof. <laughs> Digging pits out of apples. Now, going, I gotta make some more as fucking arsenic. I get the hell out of here. <laughs> there are some scenarios where the only possible I answer around, that makes sense is crack open a beer and see the show. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, God, fuck we that. don't no. know how it's all gonna end. <laughs> no, we don't know. There are so many possibilities, yeah. and therefore there are so many possibilities on what I'm gonna do about it. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna take. You're welcome to join me. It's it's on Eddie and and uh, Van Ness. Uh, just over the, like the market line, uh, it's up on the, it's up on a hill, so it's great for sniper rifleists Ooh. to be able to keep people away. <laughs> I can say there's shot. a backyard. Or train me. There's there's a there's a there's a basement, so if we have to work with any of our own electrical, we've got a rooftop, so we can do solar. Are there uh, neighbors? Well, yeah, but Ooh. it's fine. It's fine. It's a big big old building, and I I think that we'll just turn it into a big like poly sex thing because everyone's gonna die anyway, so we <laughs> might as well just fuck our way out, right? <laughs> Like, <laughs> gotta start. Gonna human race starts here. We're gonna stockpile all the DMT and all the Molly, <laughs> and we're just gonna be like, start a podcast, start a podcast, 24 hour podcast. Get Joe Rogan in there. Get Joe Rogan. <laughs> we we'll entertain for like 13 hours. I know. Later. I can him for you know, a lot of a lot of the the uh, Colorado mountains is being taken up by rich people building their their fortresses, their bunkers. Yeah. You know? And New Zealand. The, they are preparing for when the poor rise up. Ah, but we're coming for you. Here is what they're not thinking about: um, the housekeeper, the groundskeeper. They're on our side. Yeah. They have the gate codes. It's like their <laughs> side. It's like they know the weaknesses to your security mm-hmm. system. I don't know. We're getting in. Have <laughs> well, you seen Parasite though? They, <laughs> the poor fight against. We fight against each other. I haven't seen a movie in a long time. I am Parasite so, is about that. I. I am so driven at the comedy right now is that about, any time I take a night that. off from performing, I'm going and watching other people. I'm supporting. Oh, oh that's, that's you know, And I'm learning supporting from the, yeah. the people who are better than me. That way I can get where they are. And yeah, I, there you yeah. go. I'm, I'm the exact, I'm the opposite, I think, because I can't even watch a movie. I just have to smoke weed and go on Reddit and just turn my brain <laughs> off entirely. I feel bad. You're, 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 Reddit, you're Reddit obsessed. I'm That's just fine. I just have to turn off my brain after a day because I, I know some comics like like as far as like I was supporting my friends I always support my friends when I get invited to shows but like even watching comedy when you get home you know I feel like some comics they get home they're like oh I'd love to watch relax and watch a stand-up special and some comics can't be around it at all you know to kind of relax and get away from things yeah I definitely when I unplug I watch vapid stupid things and yeah. usually fall asleep pretty yeah. quickly yeah I'm addic- I find I'm addicted. I spend about six hours a day on marketing various um things that I'm up to yeah, but and then I, I, mean, I hit the shows at, or the mics that night. But it's when you get home. You know? So for example, so like I last have no time. Yeah, but last yeah. night I got home at 
11 and I was I couldn't fall asleep yet yeah and so I've been watching the Johnny Depp Sweeney Todd mm. like in little snippets I was I was yeah. in Sweeney Todd years ago so I and I I love that musical and so I'm just watching but I have to have at least 20 minutes where I just zone no out brain. before yeah. I try to lay down and zone out because right. if I don't give myself that unplug time then I'm just gonna lay in bed and be circularly thinking about every weird stupid that, shitty thing I did yeah. that's yeah. what Tigger's yeah. for oh. turn that brain yeah. on I have that <laughs> he is yeah. a therapy dog trust me yeah. he makes sure it, if I get too focused he comes and gets me oh that's nice yeah. that's good yeah, yeah. I, still, I, know. I need. We're I need, playing tug now. I need like need to twenty minutes down. before I you know. unplug for the yeah. night, or otherwise I just I lay there anyways. I'm addicted to TikTok. Right. That's mine. I just brain off. Yeah. Strolls, oh, my phone. Oh, oh, they tried yesterday. to teach us the TikTok dance. The, yesterday. the say so one. Uh, my phone doesn't go in the bedroom unless I'm using it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. We did it. And then you get the and a. I want to do wow. Renegade today. Too. Hey, I'm a 47-year-old woman pulling this weird shit. <laughs> like, it's a weird language. I'm, I'm, I watched two kids on the, on the train today talk to each other in this, like, dancing like, and grunts and laughs and then just, just cutting their eyes. And say, yeah, and it's it, weird. a whole conversation happened, and I... Were you high enough to understand? No. Sometimes, <laughs> this one time, I took too much. I took too much CBD tincture to try to like see what the, to try to see what the, the parameters right. and the limits of CBD were. Uh -huh. So I took about like 150 milligrams of CBD tincture to no, the dome. Did it, does it do anything? Oh even? fuck yeah! Really? Did it. My point is that I was. List I don't speak Spanish, and I was on the bus, and there were two people. <laughs> there were two people fighting in Spanish, and I understood. Everything. <laughs> like there were little thought bubbles above their head with words <laughs> saying things. That I understood Spanish. I was so high, I understood Spanish. Then I was hanging out with a three-year-old, and I was like, fuck, I might be too high to hang out with this three-year-old. But I took him to a house where there was a cat, and the cat's friend had just died. And the cat started talking to us. <laughs> meow, meow, meow. The cat is meowing. And I'm speaking cat at this point, and the child is saying, what is the kitty saying? And I'm like, the kitty is very sad about his friend dying, and he's telling us. The cat is talking to the child, and I'm the interpreter, and I attribute this 100% to 150 <laughs> milligrams of CBD. That's and they say, amazing. oh, CBDs can't get you high. Motherfucker, you have not you done haven't it. had enough You have not done enough. You will understand. It'll, it'll pull the veil off the whole world. Like, you're like, <laughs> you're ah. Ex well, exactly, because how long did so that last? Present. Maybe I three like hours. my illusion. Okay. Three, three hours. You're so present. That's the thing that happens with CBD. Like, you're so, the past doesn't, and that's why it works for PTSD. Dude, the past doesn't dumb. matter. The future doesn't matter. It's all about the now. And then when you're in the now so hard, you understand things about the now that you never saw before. Like cats talking to small children. The language of a cat. And understanding <laughs> Spanish. I was the small out. child with with all the animal friends i talk about that uh more and more in my set and um i have no problem believing you and that cat had a conversation because oh, yeah. i had conversations with all my animals oh i talk to my cats all the time i, I can absolutely speak cat even as much as i hated that freaking goat <laughs> goats are great i love goats I love not goats. when they're named billy well i love to eat goats because mm. they're so unoriginal I love uh, goat is probably my, my favorite. My name is meat. Billy Joe. No, Billy Goats. I know. Oh, the goat's name was Billy. Like a Billy goat. Mm-hmm. 
like a billy goat. So to bring goats <laughs> back to religion, why are goats so demonized and we call them satanic? Uh, I don't know. What is it about hooved animals that uh, are, you know, demonized a lot, like pigs and, and that sort of thing? Like Right. Yeah, I, d I don't know. I really don't know. I've, I've never understood that at all. I mean, I understand how, like, the goat image with the billy goat symbol works out with the five-pointed right, right, right. star. Right, five-pointed star looks like a goat, sure. I get that, but I mean, I can see that about as well as I can see Orion's belt in the sky. But do we demonize the goat because they have because they have rectangular pupils and they look weird? Uh, that's a possibility. I don't know. Anyways, what are goats. these two going on I don't about? Know, something about is, I'm something trying to is understand happening. the Billy Goat thing because I'm really oh. confused. <laughs> I explained to him that I hate being called Billy because that was the name of Bob's goat. Oh, and that's why you're Billy Joe. Yes. Right. Oh, okay. And okay. I don't, I don't think he's getting it. People confused me for the goat in my parents' stories. Oh wow! Oh. I hate that oh, that's goat. Funny. Oh, that's funny. Okay. You were the goat of all the stories. Ha ha! But greatest of all time. <laughs> I got blamed I for eating Thanks. everything. <laughs> I mean, Makes people sense. just did not understand. Like, so, <laughs> and and this is something people don't understand, and this has goes back to science: is that if we could just feed goats weed and then steal their breast milk, we could make we could put THC into goat cheese. And I don't know why we're not doing this yet, Davis. <laughs> you see, Davis, you dummies, why can't you get on this? I want it. We weed need to cheese. Does you it? Can put THC into cheese really easily. Yeah, but you can also do it through that. You could use through the, the, through the animal. So if oh. you took all of your trash weed, if you took all of your stems and all of your bullshit and you fed it to sheeps or sheep, I'm sorry, sheep or goat, goats, a herd, whatever. Shepherds. Um, with you, they lactate and you milk them, all of the cannabinoids come out in their in their excretions. That would make then, some amazing manchego. Right? Yeah, exactly. that really would. <laughs> I just don't understand. This is one of my, my million dollar ideas and I'm like, why is, I'm not the smartest person alive. Somebody's got, or has to have already thought of this. And because it, it there's oh, been somebody? studies about breast milk and THC and why it goes, it, it leaches through and you can't get rid of it because it's fat soluble and it, it's 22 days in your system. So you shouldn't like smoke pot and breastfeed a child yeah. because you're totally giving your child cannabinoids yeah. and they can retard certain things about their growth. Mm. And, but we can take, if we know that that works, then the transitive property is that it works with animals. So why aren't mm. we feeding all of our ruminant animals motherfucking weed? True. That's a good idea. That's the that's the that's the long game right, for edibles. There you go. Yeah. yeah. High quality. Oh, like with weed. oh my god, ice cream. Yes, oh. weed. Yes, weed. Instead of cream. having to add the weed to a fat and then add that to your ice cream, you could just go straight from the source. And it's oh, no. the oh. weed goat. The weed goat. Yeah. That will the goat be hella high all the time? I I don't know. Goats, because they're always it. looking for the highest point. Ah. I mean, we figured out that we can feed. <laughs> we figured out that we can feed coffee to goats, and it makes it a decaf. Like it's processes through the goats, they poop out the beans, and the beans are decaf. Because you get the goat side. Because you give all the goats your precious mm. caffeine, losers. Yeah, I know, right? I wonder. All right, uh, this has been the first half of Subcolby Tim. We did it. <laughs> uh, I was joined by Billy Joe Gillespie, April Gallaty, and whoop Aaron whoop. Atkins. We're coming Ooh. back in the second hour with Lee Cox. We're going to find out what he believes in. And stay tuned with us. We have 12 hours every day of comedy programming for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2020. Please join us tonight at El Rio. Doors at 8.30. Show is at 9. It's being hosted by the amazing Polly Pop-Tart. And it's going to be a really fun show. It's going to be great. Lee Cox is actually on that show as well. So 
Hey, stay tuned. Oh, and so is Aaron Atkins. Hello. Hello. Uh, stay tuned, and we'll be back with more stuff. your boy CFO here here to let you know that the fifth annual mutiny radio comedy festival is March 1st through 7th 2020 with special podcasts and comedy shows 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. all week get your tickets now on Eventbrite just search mutiny radio and get ready for 76 comics from all over the U.S. coming for 66 programs in seven days all here at 2781 21st Street in the heart of the mission or if you can't be with us, listen live or podcast from anywhere in the world at www.mutinyradio.fm. Join us March 1st to 7th for these amazing events. What kind of a future? Law Tigers, we fight for motorcyclists. We're not just motorcycle lawyers, we're part of the riding community. Law Tigers watches over riders. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, we'll help you get your motorcycle repaired or replaced and assist you with your damaged gear, too. We're by your side every step of the way. With the Law Tigers, you never ride alone. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, call 1-800-LAW-TIGERS or visit us on the web at lawtigers.com. The Law Tigers, California's motorcycle lawyer. Victor Davis, Harris Law Firm, LLP, 180 Carmack Circle, Suite 300, Sacramento, California, 95824. I started to do some thinking. I, 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 I
really, really good time. Flat black glass. Smoking big spliffs and cruising that kind of light on the freeway. Good feeling, don't tell you. Can I see? Hannibal Blake. Henry. Yeah. Charlie here. Yeah. I have a report here, Henry, from your uh, from your chief nurse, Major O'Houlihan. She makes some accusations, Henry. I, I find pretty hard to believe. Uh, the dude minds, man. Let's watch I'm Michael Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube. We watch the best movies that, uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by uh, Here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch What's happening? This is your boy, Rob Edwards. I'm here to tell you about the 5th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. It's March 1st through the 7th, 2020, with special podcasts and comedy shows 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. all week long. Get your tickets on Eventbrite. Just search Mutiny Radio and get ready for 76 comments from all over the U.S. Coming for 66 programs. When you hear the trippy music, you know what time it is. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. We're here at Mutiny Radio for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2020 special second edition of Some Call Me Tim. I I timed it out again wrong. Here we go. Tim. There we go. Some Call Me Tim. I am joined by Lee Cox out of Portland, Oregon. Correct. Yes. And uh, April Gallaty is back. Uh, on, the, on the on the like, hey. Uh, so, uh, with some call me Tim, I usually have people look first deeply into the eyes of Sparkle Jesus, and I ask you, do you believe in Jesus? I see value in the Christ myth. Mm, this is a good answer. You see value in the Christ myth because it. Um, I just think it's a pretty good, it's a pretty good metaphor. The idea of um, death re- leading to rebirth, leading to uh, redemption. Yeah. Uh, and in, in uh, but not just death like real death, but in little deaths in our lives, like yeah. learning about how to accept loss and yeah. then move on kind of well, thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I kind of, th- I, I kind of think any amount of, growth is kind of a death right if you're if you're learning to do something new the past version of you is now dead like the if you're if you learn to forgive yourself or something like that the the version of yourself that wasn't able to do that is now dead you're a new person right because your outlook determines who you are yeah and therefore if you change your outlook you've changed who you are yeah, the old version of you is dead. I think we kind of yeah. remake ourselves every day. Ooh. And so the idea of like rebirth and redemption through rebirth, through death and things like that, I, I think it 
I think it's a good myth. Well, what do we need redemption from? Our pasts often? I mean, hopefully we're growing as people and becoming, you know, better people to the world. And so I, I think that there is some there is some need for redemption there. And I, I, I also just think that guilt is a very common thing as a human being. Like, the more that you learn about yourself, just like even going from childhood into, like, a teenager and learning about, like, the birth process, like... That idea of original sin makes sense to me because like just putting our mothers through what we put them through is like i think we have some redeeming to do over that sure what's the worst thing you ever did to your mom is when you when you were a kid oh boy i don't i don't know i don't want to put that on the radio oh, okay fair 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 yeah i was like no way i slapped my mom once when i was 17. i regret wow. that Ooh. yeah wow. yeah yeah over something stupid too i think it was over like tv or something really dumb yeah. like something really mundane i mean it's a tough time i, I work with uh teens i work with teens and like yeah no it's a it's a tense emotional like dramatic time and it is that it is those little things that come to represent like all the feelings you've got inside for yourself and you put that out onto other people and it's like yeah it could be some minor little thing about tv but it's like in that moment it was everything in the moment it was yeah sure yeah <laughs> redemption uh, are people inherently good or inherently bad? Um, I don't think I have a good answer for that. I, I, you know, people are just kind of people. Um, but babies will lie to you. Yeah. Like small children. They'll Maybe. do something and they'll lie to you. Does that mean that they're... Well, I mean, they're interested in self-preservation. Ah. So is that good or is it bad? Like, I mean cancer is also interested in self-preservation yeah. like the it's just part of uh, the nature of something that's alive typically it wants to keep on living or keep on keeping on you know sure so you don't believe in like there's no religion that makes you a good person you just no. are a good person because um i mean i don't i don't i, I don't know if there's like necessarily a step-by-step -step guide to being a good person <laughs> It's not the Bible. <laughs> Ten Commandments. No, probably not those. I mean, that's not a terrible place to start. Not oh, killing people and things like that. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I mean, though I'm not really, I told you how not religious I am. I mean, those really were the first rules I ever got as a child. It's somebody laying it out like, hey, lying's bad. Lying to your parents is bad. And, you know, killing is bad and stealing is bad, you know, and it's just a kind of a nice way to lay it out. So it's not a bad place to start, but... Yeah, I mean, children, the way that children learn and learn rules, it's, I think, more ethical with children to do kind of carrot stick learning as opposed to with adults. Because as, I mean, I think that's a big reason why people who were born into religious circumstances come to, like, really hate the religion is mm -hmm. because they feel lied to a lot of the time. But the thing is, like, you, it's... It's very helpful to lie to children. Like when you're trying to get good <laughs> behavior out of them or just pro-social behavior, it's just helpful to be like, hey, do this and good things will happen for you. And then you get older and you're like, wait, I'm doing good things and good things aren't happening for me. Like, I think that's a natural process of getting older. And I wish that religions did a better job of facilitating that transition from childhood into adulthood where you begin to question things. Were you raised religiously or were you, how was that, how was these kind of 
rules and laws brought into your life of morality? Was right. there an external one as a child? Um, no, I was raised in a pretty atheist household, oh. um, specifically pretty anti-Christian household. Um, but I wasn't like, I wasn't really given any particular like set of rules to follow or anything like that. I just kind of, I, I don't think morality stems from religion. I think religion can be a good way of like culturally binding a people but i don't i don't think it's necessarily like a good way to learn morality oh. I, I think you can get that on your own pretty easily pretty it's pretty straightforward just be like hey you did a thing that hurt somebody else like that's be aware of that and like that's well, not necessarily a good thing and that there's the consequences when you hurt someone else if there's consequences and they let you know you don't want to do that again because you have an actual consequence for that sort of action yeah i mean uh, as a as a child that can be kind of a tricky situation because maybe you don't exactly care that you hurt somebody else mm. um and oh. sometimes that empathy comes a little later yeah like if uh. ever i mean there's some people who just don't have a ton of empathy in that in that regard and that's like unfortunate and that's I think where it does become valuable for a religion to be like, yeah, you're going to hell if you hurt people. And then people <laughs> who wouldn't otherwise care, they have that threat over their heads. And so I, I see a value there. just To keep people in line. Religion's Some a great people. way to keep dumb people in line. Ideally. I mean, but... <laughs> Ideally. Like, if you look at dumb <laughs> religious people, they're still not super in line with what the Bible is telling them or whatever holy book is telling them most of the time. But, you, you know, you cross your fingers and you hope. So if there's nothing, like what, what hope do you have? What keeps you going? Like what's your belief, or is there one? Do you just why, why be? Why be? Um, I mean, I do have spiritual beliefs at this point in my life. Um, not beliefs, spiritual feelings. I think is more accurate than saying spiritual beliefs, if that makes sense. Sure. Do you, Do you think there's an afterlife? Mm, not as not as such not as we would like experience it like passing through a pearly gate and looking around and sure. there's clouds and things like that not really just so when we die we're in the ground that's it consciousness disappears everything else rots yeah well we're i mean it, it's i i take on the metaphor of like the wave like what happens to the wave once it crashes it just kind of goes back into the ocean oh okay that's a that's a nice metaphor yeah so you're like part of the froth and you go back into the big primordial yeah. swirl. I'm part of the froth. <laughs> uh, so you, you don't believe in an afterlife? Not so much. I mean, uh, well, I guess what matters for me is I, it doesn't, it, I don't care. It, uh, it doesn't, uh. if there is one or there isn't one, it's not going to do me much good to be placing bets. So top three that. things you care about. Top three things I care yeah, about? Yeah, sure. You said, because I don't care about that. So uh, if you don't care about what happens after what are the three things that top three things you care about uh, now that make you go yeah here's something i'm uh, alive for um boy it's hard to put into words i guess now that you've put it this way uh <laughs> top three things i care about i'll, I'll say comedy just because it, it would be weird not to maybe <laughs> um, fair growth it's so like personal growth sure that's a good one and then uh, there's these uh, there's these crows that I feed around my house. So cool! I like them. Yeah. Rad. April. Top three things. Uh, that that you care about. Oh. It's a hard question. 
I honestly am a very curmudgeon um, negative person. <laughs> but you've got it. There's stuff you care about. like I care about Damon. <laughs> yeah, so your husband. Yeah, I Great. care about my husband. One, cool. That's a cool thing. The, the cat and the ferrets. Yes! There you go. I'm That's so glad you said the cat. Yes, of course. I mean, yes. Honestly, I, like, I really am one of those people who just has no, like, Th- there's something about that familial bond where people are like, my, my, my sisters and my brothers and my cousins and all that. I just don't get that. I, I've never have. Yeah. And I don't understand it. I'm yeah. going to put cats and ferrets in one bundle, and yeah. you have to choose one more thing you care about. Comedy. Oh, great. Yeah. All That's right. the, yeah. All right. All right. Fair. Because it's weird not to, right? Because yeah. it's weird not to. Billy Joe, top my three kids. things you care Your kids. Good. Tigger and comedy. Oh, great. Look, family, animals comedy what are your what are yours Pam? i would i'd have to definitely put my cats up there uh and um i i mean i'll be super honest i care too much about uh what other people think about me mm-hmm. <laughs> don't <laughs> that's, we all that's definitely up in the top three <laughs> that i'm like i care i spend way too much brain space on that mm-hmm. and um i know i i know i should say my boyfriend uh, I know I should say, I know I should say comedy, but I will go. I, I and I, I, yeah, I got I got cats up there. That's so funny. Uh, and I, I, I mean, I have to, have to say Mutiny Radio. That's the that's okay. probably the top three. That's a good one. Yeah, which encompasses comedy. I just had to make a bigger basket. Yeah. Uh, and uh, because I'm making a bigger basket, I'll say cats and boyfriend together as one because <laughs> they're all in the same household. Right, that family. Fa- yeah, so Because, I mean, family. I left my granddaughter out, but I yeah, my right. heart doesn't. Sure, right. exactly. So w- why do you think that we all chose animals to some degree? What is What do you think that is? Uh, because animals have a capacity for empathy that people don't, like, mm. and also that they're innocent and blameless. Mm-hmm. Like, you can never... I, I don't think you can accuse a cat of being racist. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I guess when, when compared against like the average person. But I mean, yeah. a cat will eat you when you die. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know? Self-preservation. I expect it to. <laughs> yeah. And we're cool with that? Would, would we be Somebody cool with like... Somebody needs to clean up the mess. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I think a cat eating you when you're dead makes more mess probably than Maybe. you just rotting. I really hope somebody figures out I'm Depends dead before my cat starts eating me, honestly, yeah. so she doesn't have to. Yeah. That's, I, that's also... <laughs> yeah. She well probably myself. wants to. She's she probably... Waiting. She's just sitting around. Yeah. She nibbles me every once in a while. Just checking. <laughs> just just making sure. Where's my food? Uh, but it's interesting that we all... Well, the, the three of us mentioned family. You didn't mention family. I don't have. Uh, I don't have much family. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not super close with them. Oh, all right. I'm not. I'm not super close with my immediate family. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm like, eh, you know. Yeah, it's actually um, an interesting thing that I'm kind of experiencing right now because growing up, I wasn't super close with my immediate family on like my mom's side, and then recently my father died, and I'm getting like a ton of. Uh, like Facebook message mm. requests and friend requests from a bunch of people on my father's side, <laughs> and it's actually like a pretty large extended family over there comparatively, and they're all like being supportive of me and like reaching out and seeing if I need anything, and it's oh. very strange. It is kind of uh, challenging my definition of self, like my own personal narrative, because I'm used to just not having 
family and so now i have yeah so now i have all these people and it's a little bit of like what what do i uh, what do i do with you like i don't know how to i have a lot of love for for the family members that i am not in regular contact with and i would drop what i'm doing to be there for them Mm. because i have that love of family but yeah we're not super I, w- so I wouldn't drop I anything I for anyone. <laughs> I'm like, wow. you gonna come to one of my shows? That's what I'd do with your extended family. I'd be like, come see me. <laughs> come yeah, see right. me perform. Yeah. To watch my YouTube video. Give me some hits. Right. You want to be supportive. Right. Put on they your Facebook have. that I'm funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Then. That's good if you have that yeah, kind of like. Um, so, but if I, if I had people reach out to me, that'd be the first thing that I would ask them to do. I'd be like, oh, you want to support like, me? Give like money to Mutiny Radio. Yeah, like, <laughs> like and subscribe. Yeah, subscribe. Yeah to your youtube channel and then all of your funny funny things yeah but it kind of gets it's it's i i process a lot of things through or i have been lately through that christ myth thing that i was talking about and so i have this past idea of myself of somebody who just doesn't really have a family and now i'm like in a space where i kind of do and i'm having to integrate those two people wow yeah uh so do you read joseph campbell do you do yeah oh rad big into him oh cool yeah yeah uh i've We've studied him in the hero, the myth stuff yeah. for many years. Archetypical yeah. characters. I'm I get really myth. angry with the crone. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, why we got to call her a crone or a <laughs> witch? <laughs> like, why can't it be like a little bit more woman positive? Yeah. I want to be the hero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't be. I can be the hero. Of course, we all are. Yeah. The crone is a hero. In someone's what is the are. old man called? What is the old man? Which one? Like, the, the like in the Oops. same, like... If there's like Dumble- Albus Dumbledore? <laughs> well, no, but I mean, like, if there's this series of things like what we are throughout our lives, what are old men called? If we're called crones. Well, within, I mean, this isn't, it's it's not a personal Elders. thing necessarily, but I, I think it's a mentor is typically, I think it's oh, the mentor okay. role. You, mm. you might know more about that than I do. Because I, d- I never got too big into that aspect of the hero's journey. Well, it's all through Star Wars. Like, so I watched, uh, if you look at, it's like, and then it's so funny because he goes into the cave, even mm-hmm. all that kind of yeah. stuff with Yoda and yeah, then comes and out, meets his father, but it's really him. Right. And then, I mean, that whole, that whole Yoda in the cave uh, in um, Empire Strikes Back mm. is all yeah, like a hundred percent. Joseph yeah, Campbell. and they're they're open about that. Like they have interviews with George Lucas and Joseph Campbell and stuff. And it's oh, they're they're it's like yeah, that it is like it is. Once I, I wasn't into Star Wars until I read Joseph Campbell, and like that's the aspect of Star Wars that I enjoy. Everything else is kind of yeah, like cool lasers. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. space opera. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cowboys in space. Um, how long have you been? studying the is it just recently that you've come up with that you've been looking at it since your father's death or this has been a thing for you for a while that it's you've studied um it's been i i it took me probably like three years to get all the way through um hero with a thousand faces mm-hmm. and i i because i read it very slowly and i took a lot of it to heart um to heart and so that's been like that's been a big part of it and then the other big and other big puzzle piece for me in terms of my spiritual growth has been um, there was a paper by Cormac McCarthy who wrote No Country for Old Men. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah, it, it's a pretty short essay. I would recommend people read it. I think it's called The Kekule Problem or The Kekule Problem. And it has to do with, um, if you'd like to hear about it. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. Um, so it has to do with when they were, I forget what the, uh, his name's probably Kekule. Um, they were trying to figure out 
an, an atomic structure, a molecular structure. You, like, so when you're mapping molecules, you can find, um, based on the mathematics, you can find the shape of the molecule, basically. Uh, but he found this molecule, and he couldn't figure out the shape of it. He worked on it for months and months and couldn't figure it out. And uh, he went to sleep one night and had a dream of a snake eating its tail, that oh, classic symbol. Oh, and he sure. realized that this, the molecular structure was a ring. Aurora Boris. Yeah. And so Cormac McCarthy, the, the essay is about, like, why did his brain choose to give him the answer this way? Because obviously it knew what the problem was. The brain knew what the answer was, but it didn't communicate it through language. It used imagery, mm. and it waited till he was asleep. So why did it do this? And his overall premise was that the subconscious evolved before language did, and so it doesn't know how to use it. And so a lot of the time that we're communicating with our subconscious or we're taking things in, it's through imagery and it's through metaphor. And so that's been a big part of my spiritual growth has been understanding that like language isn't always the best way to get to the bottom of things. Wow. It is often through like experience, through metaphor, through imagery and things like that. Do you have a dream journal? I don't really dream. So you don't get like pictorial, <laughs> your body, your brain doesn't process it like that. I like to think think that I just do so much subconscious work in my waking life that my brain doesn't need to but that's probably not true I'm just I just I'm not bad at dream or I'm bad at dreaming so then what are the signs and symbols that you're seeing and interpreting uh, it can be like any anything anywhere I mean you can look at anything and take meaning from it if you wish to like everything is metaphorical that that's kind of how I've been living my life for the past two or three years is just that anything if I need it to be is a lesson or a metaphor Ooh. it is about kind of opening yourself up to that and putting yourself in that kind of paradigm you're in the moment sometimes I try to be <sighs> it's yeah. not a bad way to live life <laughs> in the, in yeah. the I mean we grow from every experience we have one way or another yeah, I've been. So, yeah, my I, I, I'm totally on board with everything he just said. Cool. My my lesson that I've been learning recently is that uh, when something happens, <laughs> that doesn't change. But the only thing I can do is my reaction to it. I'm not powerless over that. Like I used oh to sure. write it off. Like that's just the way I react, and there's no other way I can react because mm. that's just what happens. Mm. And then now I'm like, okay, I'm actually, I can take a. I can make a conscious choice yeah. to react in whatever way I want, and which is like it's uh, it's taken forty five years. Well, <laughs> it's a in long the journey. South and in, in small town, it, it's uh, you're better than that. Act like it. Well, but and mm. that's you the know, thing is, and am I've I been, wrong, April? I've always been told that that kind of idea too, like, but that's an external way of saying like act this way or you look weird as opposed yeah. to internally saying I have a choice of how I'm going to react over right. this so that I can present myself in the way of my choosing and that well, gives in you that we were taught that we have a choice you know and yeah. that we were choosing poorly <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and it just gives you a sense of a greater sense of control over your life yeah you know well because most of my choices as a child I was shamed into making a lot of my choices mm -hmm. so they aren't necessarily my own choice of my own behavior if mm -hmm. I'm shamed out of it yeah as opposed to me choosing to not you know cry in that situation or fly right. off the handle or call someone a cunt face like I don't have to do that yeah um, but sometimes you choose to do that like I do choose to go to the atomic level sometimes well and that's I've tried to recognize that I'm like doing because I yeah. usually 
guilt it away later and say I went atomic, but I just couldn't help it. But now mm. I'm trying to own that and be like, well, I chose to go atomic. Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and if you're comfortable like living with the consequences of your actions, then that's a that's a that's not a bad way of doing mm. things. But usually, by the time I've gone to that level, I have weighed the odds and decided, will this get things resolved, even if it's not for me, but for future people? Mm. I see what you mean. Or, or like my yeah. mom used to say, just the do something even if me. it's wrong. Well, yeah, you're, you're <laughs> picking a battle. You're literally yeah. picking a battle and saying, yeah. this is a battle I'm picking, and here uh -huh. I am. I'm going to die on this hill. I'm dying on this hill. And I, yeah, I'm making a choice to die on this hill. That's not usually what's happening with me. Usually it's like, I just, I'm like, and then later I'm like, well, yeah. I have learning, paid learning. so much for that in the past that I'm finally past it. Well, <laughs> I mean... Uh, life's like changing and growing every day. Yay. Uh, I used to make positive choices, though, because of the fear of death or hell or right. Jesus not liking me right. or getting. If my choice, if your choices are made because you're afraid of getting in trouble, mm. is it truly a choice? Or are you just, you know, that that's mm. when, I don't know, morality comes into play. Because you're not necessarily being moral. You're just following rules. Not yeah. because they attune to you personally, but just because... I get what you mean. It's it's in a lot of ways a big difference between the East and the West is the idea of like guilt being an immoral way of imposing morality mm -hmm. in the West. Whereas in the East, I, I think that that is more common because of more of a collectivist idea of, of culture and community. So the idea that like, yeah, shame your children into being good people because we are all one. Versus in the West, it's very much like we, we are all individuals. And so the idea that the community has shamed me is like very wrong. Mm. And that's that's just something that I tend to notice. It like, yeah, that's something that I'm kind of on the lookout for. And I just find it interesting, the, the different ways that we look at um, culture from a Western lens. Yeah. Fear is a teacher. Well, it, it should be. And, you know. That's how we tend to learn, yeah. Pe people... I had a woman try to shame me one time because I would make noise pop on the baby's diaper. That was not to hurt the baby. It's, she didn't even feel it. It was the noise that would scare her into stopping so that I could keep her safe, you know, keep her from doing something that would hurt her. And this woman was just like, I can't believe you would use fear to, to teach your child. You just, I was like, hey, lady. They're adults. <laughs> They're well-adjusted adults. I think it worked. They made it through childhood because I taught them what they should fear. Well, I mean, <laughs> fear is powerful. I mean, kids kids don't. If you, they don't fall down, they don't know how to get That's up. True. You gotta. They, you can't put them in plastic wrap all the time. They gotta. Yeah. Uh, they gotta, they gotta break. My some parents bones, tried; some it didn't work. I let my kids learn things, but no, you know, I mean, if they're headed for something, like they're about to grab something hot, and you know, and, and they're not listening to the no, yeah, you pop them on the diaper, you make that noise. Well, sure, otherwise they're gonna burn their little hands. Yes. It's like yes, you. But I don't know, questioning people's parenting. It's I don't have kids. I don't have a dog in the race, mm. you know. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> I'm. There's no, I have no dog in the fight. We're all going to make mistakes. We don't know which ones we made until our kids tell us how much of a fuck up we were. <laughs> uh, maybe. Uh, hey, so I want to try to always spin it back to 
religion or God or something metaphysical or esoteric. Uh, here, here's a crazy question. Uh, people who want to commit suicide, should we care? Right? Like, if they want to take themselves out, there's too many of us. What are Why the do, we, do we care? They want to, does it matter? I mean, so I work with suicidal teens. Oh, my goodness. I did not even know that. Uh, yeah, that's a big part of my job. And so it's a tough question um, because I know that mental illness is often illness and it is something that people can move past and grow from. And I like I was suicidal as a as a kid and a teen. And so I don't know, like, I guess I didn't personally get help for that, but I know there's a lot of people who've come through our care who, if not for us, would have killed themselves and have now grown in to a place where they are past that cool. and are thankful for our care. And so I think that, I don't know, it's, it's like a child not wanting to eat. Like, it is still your responsibility as a human, as a member of their community, to make sure that they do. And so I think with suicidal ideation or suicide attempts especially for teens and 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 younger even like i i do think that it that is a part of our responsibility as a community to help them with that all right, right. the message to teens really is it does get better yeah. you know <laughs> i was bullied i went through a lot of that trust it gets better i mean yeah you know, I, I i now stand on a stage and make two or three hundred people laugh so every once in a while I, I, I was playing I more de devil's advocate. I mean, I was I was suicidal I as a teen too. But I, there's a there's this group online, and they're called the the anti-humanists, and they're like, save the world, kill yourself, and it's <laughs> all about like the, everything's falling apart, and the best thing that we can do mm. is is uh, is take ourselves out. And I'm like, whoa! I that's see that as satire. Uh, it, it's a real thing though, and they don't like. I can see. It I as just satire try to continue too, to see it as satire. Let me keep my yeah. perspective. Yeah, sure. <laughs> no, perspective. I mean, I definitely think there are people who are in positions where they have decided that their life is not worth living anymore, and if they are in like a healthy state of mind and they've just made that decision for themselves, that's that's definitely a different conversation so like euthanasia no problem with that euthanasia sure like well i don't i don't yep on the record no problem with that like <laughs> there obviously there's a lot of context for these things sure yes i worked at a nursing home in in colorado and yes w some of our patients uh chose assisted suicide and in every case i see why they made that decision mm. and i would stand by it yeah, there, I mean, I there would comes a point if I where had terrible cancer, uh, I'd take, I'd yeah, be like, I'm not, I don't want. You should have the choice whether or not you have to endure that one more day. Who, it, you know, why should someone else be able to make that choice? But yes, in a situation of teens, it gets better. Hang in there. <laughs> Hang you know, in there, kids. There, there's a difference the between medical podcast. reasoning and, you know, I don't see a good future. Just, just keep looking. It'll be there. Yeah, I mean, we do live in the United States. There is there <laughs> there are measures that life life can't get better. Uh, I'm trying to think of other things that have to do with religion. Uh, any, I mean, I'm sorry. I've been doing this. This is I think this is like the 42nd hour of <laughs> of oh podcasting have, that have we've done. Did you talk much in the last hour of like how you were raised? And oh, I was I was raised super Christian, okay. like. Super, super, super. Drink the Kool-Aid Jesus. Yeah. Where did you grow up? Danville. 
which uh, is here Bay Area, the okay. uh, really really wealthy part of the Bay Area. Mm. Yeah, I was uh, a capitalist pig and didn't even know it. Mm. I thought I was poor. You were <laughs> just a piglet. I was just a piglet. Yeah, I didn't even know. I thought that 90210 was just like what everybody experienced because wow. that was like what my high school was like. I, we right. wore some of the same outfits. Everyone was driving the same kind of cars. Right. Everyone was very wealthy, and I was like, I only drive a Hyundai. Mm. Yeah. I'm poor. Yeah. My parents only gave me a brand new Hyundai for my 16th birthday. It's not a Mustang or a BMW, so I'm a pile of dog shit. Mm. So I'm getting a sense that you kind of grew out of the Christian community that you were yeah, brought up in? Yeah, absolutely. I did acid for the first time and saw okay. God, and I was like, we're cool, bro. And he's like, yeah, we're fine. And I was like, <laughs> okay. Right on. All that other stuff was bullshit. We're fine. Was there a lot of, I, I assume there was a lot of tension between you and your family Oh, there that? still is. Absolutely. Right. They're all still exceedingly Christian. Okay. Yeah. Fox News, Kool-Aid drinking, Are you church going, Jesus singing. Are you able to see positive aspects of that, or is it just a negative Sure. Um, everyone I know from when I was little that's still Christian is super rich, so that's <laughs> probably pretty positive. Yeah. Uh, and they seem to have happy families, mm -hmm. so that's nice for them. Do you feel that that's more of like an appearance-based thing, or are they actually, do you think that they have found? I don't know. Like, they, they definitely appear very Pottery Barn from the outside, right. so it all looks pretty shiny and happy, but yeah. who knows? Yeah. I, don't, I can't lift back the veil on, uh, I mean, right. I, don't, I think I see the hypocrisy in Christianity, and it's difficult for me to separate that out right yeah. like it i mean even catholicism we kill so many people in the name of what and it's like top three religions are all the same come from the same guy and we but we hate muslims mm. like they're all abrahamic six yeah. monotheistic religions but we're like well but but your monotheistic religion is just a little bit different from mine so right. we're gonna we're gonna kill you and demonize you and say right. you're bad and anything that um you know when they took over ireland they Oh, the Protestants called, versus called, the Catholics. They yeah. called everything that uh, uh, was knowledge. They they considered everything that was science that that the folks knew pagan. Oh, sure. You know? And then when they got Just. to the Americas, they burned entire libraries throughout South America. Um, there, they were a lot more medically advanced than than we are now. But we don't know what they did because the Catholic Church burned the libraries because it. Because those dirty heathens. God. Yes, <laughs> it was heathens. <laughs> dirty heathens ruining everything. When you look at how the Catholic Church has destroyed so much, how can you look at it positively? It's, I mean, it's still a big, like, money-making, people-following. I mean, they have their own, like, nation-state, yeah. basically. Yeah. So how does one dismantle that when it's part of, like, the universal gestalt? And we say, these things are important. And then now we go, well, are those important? But they're still, it's it, it's like uh, we've built a house and the pillars are still there. And you can knock down the house, but the pillars are still there. Mm. So you're just using the same foundation and building a different house. Mm. But like, yeah, that foundation is still like based on what? Some weird myth that we're like, no, no, it's not a myth. It's true. And mm. I believe it this way. But, oh, I believe this other strange little nuance. So you clearly... Mormon is Mormonism a cult? I, I, I don't know. Christians say it is. Many say yeah, you the know Catholic any Mormons? Church is a cult. Yeah, I, I grew up with a, or not really grew up, but in my high school there were a few Mormons. Mormons. 
I mean, good family people, I guess. I, I don't know. Tends to be. I mean, it's just, it's a ten, from what I see from an outsider, it seems like it's really great if it's working for you. And if it's not, it's really terrible because uh. then you become ostracized and you feel very alone and there's, there's not a lot of community support for somebody who is questioning, you know. Right. Simil- probably similar to the Amish. <laughs> probably, but they have that uh, rumspringer thing. Right, you get to take two years and be, be a normie. Yeah. Yeah. And they even have like kind of a, a middle ground where they can go, you know, and, and kind of be like, there's a half and half religion. Like, I, I can't... This Taste the fruits of the devil. And yeah, and you see the ladies walking around in the mall and stuff with the little bonnets on and stuff like that, but they're mm. allowed to have cell phones oh and drive and that sort of thing. Yeah. Sure. Those are like, from, from what I gather, that's like that middle ground, like from Amish to... It's like Jews that eat pork. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I know quite a few. Yeah, hey, me too. A lot of that stuff is contextual, like... Pigs rooted in their own shit, and if you add, I mean, the reason that there's no the Jews don't eat the shellfish is they were probably getting super sick from shellfish. I mean, they weren't. The same reason you don't mix meats because they uh, they have to be cooked at different temperatures. People died from the food poisoning. Sure, that's where I believe a lot of the Jewish diet came from. Is oh, we don't know why that happened, so we're not. So we're not going to eat that anymore. Yeah, no more shellfish. Individually, these are all great, but we mix them together, people die, so we have to eat the meat separate. I mean, you know, that's what I'm figuring. It makes sense that like early holy books are, they are a combination of like how to survive manuals yeah. meets like spiritual poetry. Mm-hmm. And I think if you're reading them like that, they just make more sense and are more valuable. Yeah. Because it, it shows you a, like, like they were saying, like it's just a context for survival of these desert dwelling tribes basically from the beginning. And they were just like, well, you know, we need to know not to have sex with animals and stuff and yeah. so they wrote it down and then like <laughs> then they just they started adding on like uh, what i think is spiritual poetry or spiritual mythology and just like ways of coming to terms with being alive and some people take that stuff too literally and i think that's where the problem usually sure ends up yeah the bible's got some weird stuff when they oh, yeah. the manna from heaven i'm always like what does that represent that they're wandering around in the desert for 40 years but every morning god provides them bread from the sky but you can't save it you weren't allowed to save it because the next day it would rot so mm. you had to have faith that god was going to provide you because they were in the desert which wanted like every morning they had to go out and, and i'm like what somebody could was midnight raiding <laughs> well something was something <laughs> was going on somebody was midnight raiding and coming up with some food i i mean really <laughs> it was i know for 40 years where'd god this gave come from don't morning. ask god what gave it to us well right but so like it, when we look at these myths that have been written down and it's like well what was the purpose of that is it truly to like completely give yourself over to this external being that my like i trust in god there he is every morning he's going to provide me food mm. What does that gain us for self-preservation? I mean, I think this gets back into kind of what I was saying of of taking things too literally. Like, even if you're questioning it on a literal level, I think I think you often you're kind of missing the point. Um, And it it, I I try to think of it back to what I was saying about uh, metaphor is like this is probably a metaphor like of of something that they went through and decided to write down or whatever. Um, But you brought up there being weird things in the bible are you familiar with like the song of solomon oh love it yeah it's, i used to masturbate to the song of solomon when i was a kid so strange that nobody talks about it that there's just an erotic poem in the middle of the bible yeah yeah 
your your breasts are yeah. like two deer on the meadow. Yeah, it's all like I, I knelt beneath the shade of his tree and tasted his fruit and stuff. It's, yeah. it's just a it's bunch of, it's it's a straight up erotic poem that yeah. nobody talks I about. Used, I used to masturbate to that as a child because I didn't have anything else and I was right. I read a lot so it was Song of Solomon for me. Right. I was like, the Bible is here, it's sexy fucking song. Yeah. Re- even if I was bored in, in chapel, I'd open it up and I'd read the Song of Solomon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's basically, it's a it's a love poem from David to Bathsheba uh, was one of his wives that he stole from someone else or killed her husband or something and then wrote her a pretty poem about and it's in the Bible it's all super sexy yeah I don't know what's that a metaphor for (laughs) getting it on getting it on got it yeah Uh, yeah it's a good everybody look up Song of Solomon yeah they never never talk about it yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's a little one I always wondered about the Lot's wife thing and not right. that Lot's wife turned into a pillar of salt I get that like you're not supposed to have a remembrance of those crazy orgy times don't and wanting you don't look back I get that but after Lot's two daughters and Lot they, they go up and they're hiding in this cave hmm. and Lot's <laughs> daughters get Lot super 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 drunk and, and then they have sex with him because they think they're the only people left and they have to keep the Jewish species going on. Right. And species. then they just I don't, I don't end think it's it. a species. Species, I don't know. Or race. Race, race Jewish. Let's go race. I'm the accidental racist. I'm sorry if that triggered anybody. I'm sorry. It's just words coming out of my mouth. But they have sex with their dad. And then, like, everything ends. There's no explanation whatsoever for it. And I'm like, what's the metaphor there? Like, there, no one says, hey, it's bad to get your dad drunk and rape him i mean i, I think if if i i'm not super familiar with that aspect of the bible but i think what i'm hearing is the takeaway theme is like keep moving forward no matter what like that has oh. to be like you have you this was a time I- within i guess the jewish culture where that like it was all about survival as it it tends to be within the jewish culture yeah. and so it's like yeah don't look back or you'll get turned to salt and like you gotta fuck your dad. You gotta fuck your dad. Like, just <laughs> keep on trucking. Just keep on trucking. Yeah, for the people, you gotta fuck your dad. It's all good. Yeah, sure. Okay. I mean, that's my takeaway. Just, it's kind of gross. I'm sure there are better ones, but no, I'm digging it. Yeah, it's uh, in Bible interpretation with Lee it's Cox right. here. It's, it's as good as any interpretation I've heard. So yeah, I agree with that. Keep moving forward. Yeah. Never stop. Just keep swimming. Yeah. Thanks, story. That's <laughs> good. Yeah, good stuff. A uh, couple minutes left here on Some Call Me Tim. And uh, talking about weird <laughs> religious stuff. But, I mean, you're, none of that. What, so what are some, some books that influence you? If the Bible hasn't influenced you at all, what are some of the some of the either? You said Joseph Campbell. So other than yeah. Joseph Campbell um, and yeah. the hero, hero with a Thousand Faces. Hero with a Thousand Faces is super dense but very worth reading. Um I don't know, like, in terms of, I'm trying to think of things that have influenced kind of my spiritual being. Um, Joseph Campbell takes the cake on it, but I would say, um, oh, and if you've read Joseph Campbell, I would also recommend, I forget who it's by, but The Hike, real good. Um, It's just a really good laying out of the monomyth. But, let's see, um, Eckhart Tolle, uh, The Power of Now and stuff like that has been really helpful to me. And then in terms of just like trying to be a better person, uh, all of Brene Brown's work. I don't even know who that is. You don't? No. Okay. I would really recommend you look up any TED Talks 
by her. So she was a, um, I believe, psychologist, and her her area of study was shame. It's oh, like, oh, why, why, I definitely have to read this. Yeah, it's it's like why we feel shame and and what it what it means to like live with shame. How shame is different than guilt, and like oh. it's it's she just she does actually like a good job of laying out kind of not exactly step by step but like guidelines for living a more what she calls wholehearted life like a shameless life hopefully not, not, yeah somewhat shameless to some degree but also just a life that is more full it, it, it's one that we can be authentically ourselves and things like that so i i really recommend like if you're if you're feeling like you can't fully be yourself or or there's just like something missing between you and I don't know, living authentically, like her, her, and it's research. Like that's the nice thing about it is it's all rooted in research. Um, she just talks to people who are living more fully and contrasts that against people who are living less fully and like, what are the differences? And sure. So, and I, what is a, what is living a less full life? Like watching t 12 hours of TV day, obviously, or well, like, yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's just like not not feeling fulfilled in what you're doing and not having the necessarily like the power to change that and just just living living inauthentically you know, like living through creeds that you don't fully believe oh. things like that because you're ashamed of like being pushed to the outside of whatever social group you're in so you you just kind of go with the flow i don't want to use the term sheeple but that that kind sure. of thing like sure. how you can overcome that and like what that looks like what that process is going to be like oh sweet yeah brene yeah. brown i really recommend her yeah sh I, I don't, i've never thought of shame being different than guilt well yeah i mean guilt is well she describes it as guilt is i've done something bad versus shame is i am a bad person oh wow so guilt is very useful if you have harmed someone or done something wrong because you can learn from that whereas shame if you think i am a bad person there's no there's no quick response to that there's no helpful response to feeling like you are a bad person there's no way right. to grow from there and the thought process leads down two different paths Right. Well, I, I constantly tell myself I hate myself. I've been trying to, s to change that diatribe in my mind. Like, right. there's no reason to have that be the first. Like, even if I'm, like, joking through, oh, I hate myself. But it's like, wait a minute. Those yeah, words have power and that. meaning. Why, yeah, the, why? the more you hear it, the more you say it, the more it will become. Right. Right. And it, it leads to greater inaction. Like, it leads to less positive growth because I hate myself well then why bother to be a better person because I sure. hate I hate myself I don't want you know I don't want somebody I hate to prosper in any way right so it's changing the <laughs> the narrative, the narrative yourself, yeah, yeah the personal narrative well, yeah. why would you I mean why does it matter if somebody you hate prospers because I want them to suffer if I hate them ah and so if you hate I mean, yourself, you hate I, yourself. I, guess, causing I, I personal guess I've suffering. just never felt hate to that level. I mean, get on but, it. Yeah, get on it. It's it's fun. It, I'm just kidding. Sometimes <laughs> I use. Sometimes I used in the past. I used that self hatred as a um, springboard. A springboard or, yeah. for creativity. And sometimes. in fact, when I was a poet, I'd I'd specifically make myself. I notice patterns now because this was like ten years ago. I notice patterns now that so I'd make myself unhappy because mm. it made me. It hadn't gave me more things to write about. Right, and that that inner tension can be good for creativity. But I think if anyone anyone who has lived with like long term inner tension and then moved past it, they know that you can create so much more 
easily and prolifically without that. Right. Like exactly. We, we have that idea that like, well, without without my depression, what am I like? Look at a depressed person, like meet a depressed person and see how creative they are, like how how productive they are. Like y it's not like you don't still have those experiences of self-hatred once you come out of depression. Right. You're just now able to talk about it and sure. create artwork around it. Yeah, as opposed to I was specifically using, though, like I was putting my I can see it now with perfect clarity because, you know, it is the future and that was the past. <laughs> But how I was specifically putting myself in situations mm -hmm. that I would then write about and be like, oh, it's such a good point. But if I don't, if I don't have this like this horrible thing in my life that can I, how can I create without being unhappy? Mm -hmm. Like I felt like with uh, there was, I was like, you can't be a poet and be happy. You can't write poems about happy things. Those mm -hmm. aren't like meaningful to people. Uh, I mean, that's not true either. Those are the ones I'm drawn to. <laughs> from a place of happiness, you can r still write about your state of unhappiness. Like you have greater, a lot of the time, you have a, a greater perception about it. You have greater oversight of view on what it was. Yeah. You know. Ugh. It, it's like you're you're like the shaman of the afternoon. You've brought the calm <laughs> back to the space. I feel like we should burn some sage or some shit. <laughs> Do some. <laughs> Just some weird witchy shit. We'll, we'll, we'll spark some more weed. Uh, hey, we're here at the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2020. Uh, this is another Some Call Me Tim. I'm joined by Lee Cox and April Gallaty and Billy Joe Gillespie. Tonight is a show at El Rio, doors at 8.30, show from 9 to 11. I hope everybody comes. It's going to be real, real fun. And, uh, yeah. what uh, What's just to totally, we'll try to end on something happy. What's your favorite thing about San Francisco thus far, Lee? Thing about San Francisco. I mean, I've just been walking around a lot and kind of enjoying. Well, I mean, the weather is nice. Yeah, <laughs> That's right. like having grown up in the Pacific Northwest. Like it's it's just nice for it to be sunny out. Um, but I don't. There's just a lot going on. Um, yeah. There's there's just I I haven't. I've explored mostly just through walking around and like looking at stuff. But I'm I'm hoping to go to like an art museum later today and things like that. Just kind of cool. taking. A little bit more. I like the uh, I like the cable cars too. They're cool. Yeah, I like the old timey cars that go down market because uh, yeah. I like to think about, you know, in 1940, who was riding this car mm. and where were they and like were they going to work? Yeah. And what were they doing? I love old timey shit. So the f there's a free museum if you like old timey rail cars and stuff like that. Mm. The Muni has a free museum oh, cool. that's at the middle of that Muni line. It's right by the ferry building. And they have all kinds of cool old-timey pictures of San Francisco from like the Gold Rush days when they mm. started doing how they started with the trolleys and they were horse-drawn. Mm. And they'd go down to Playland on the beach and mm. they'd go down to the beach and then how that became the Geary 38. Anyways, I love buses. I'm, I'm like almost on the spectrum because I love Muni so much. <laughs> Public transportation, yeah! But that's a free one to check out. But also cool. like the MoMA's amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, I was there the other week, the third Thursday of the month in San Francisco. There's free museum days. You can go anywhere you want. Oh, wow. Uh, they're all open. They're all free. So um, You should do the festival next year on the to encompass the third Thursday because that would be pretty cool. I mean, we'll see what the calendar looks like next mm. year. But, yeah, because it's – yeah, there's all kinds of – also, if anyone's on food stamps – you can show them your food stamp card, and you can get you and up to three people in at almost all of the museums in San Francisco as well. Oh, wow. So I don't know if anybody's on If anyone else is on food stamps. Do you know <laughs> if that would work with out-of-state cards? 
I don't see why not because okay. food stamp cards are uh, federal. Federal. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So hey, everybody, go see some. Let's go see some art. Dope. Yeah. Dope stuff. Uh, hey, does anybody want to plug anything from their other life, like podcasts you do or things you run out in wherever you are? Or I'm going to be in Youngstown, Ohio, the 18th through the 21st for the World Series of Comedy Competition. Cool. Out there. Youngstown, Ohio. And I'm going to be on the Comedy Project in Denver, which is going to be a very... I don't know what channel it's going to be on yet, but probably it'll probably you can find it on YouTube after. (laughs) Most likely, you can find everything there. Uh, Do you? What do you? What do you do up in Portland for fun? For fun? No, no. I feed crows. That's it. Uh, I don't run anything. I just do mics and shows and travel around a little bit. Sweet. Uh, My Twitter handle. I'll just throw it out. Lee underscore Cox with three X's. Triple X. Yeah. April, what do you do up there? Um, I am going to be in North Carolina in Greensboro for the North Carolina Comedy Festival, uh, March 23rd through the 27th. You are a festival fiend. I love it. I love it. I've made so many connections and friends and yeah, I've learned a lot over the past couple of years. I'm taking, this is the last one. North Carolina is my last one this year. I'm taking a break from that. I'm going to stick to the Pacific Northwest, I think for a while. Good stuff. Well, yeah. Thank you I'm all. I'm loving the travels. Um, let me throw out my Instagram yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. It's BJ Gillespie. That's G-I-L-L-I-S-P-I-E. Comedy. Yeah. And uh, get those followers. Thanks for listening to Some Call Me Tim. Coming up at 4 o'clock, we have Like an Adult Podcast with Mike Nordstrom and Chris Ferdinandson. And don't forget tonight to come to El Rio. It's going to be an amazing show. I'm super excited. Polly Pop-Tart, the amazing drag queen introduction drag queen she's going to be hosting and i'm super excited for everything at the festival buy your tickets now for our shows all here at the station starting on thursday thursday friday saturday all kinds of great people and thanks for joining us everyone yay thanks so much fam your boy Sifo here, here to let you know that the 5th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival is March 1st through 7th, 2020 with special podcasts and comedy shows 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. all week. Get your tickets now on Eventbrite. Just search Mutiny Radio and get ready for 76 comics from all over the U.S. coming for 66 programs in 7 days all here at 2781 21st Street in the heart of the mission. Or if you can't be with us, listen live or podcast from anywhere in the world at www.mutinyradio.fm. Join us March 1st to 7th for these amazing events. What kind of a future? Law Tigers, we fight for motorcyclists. We're not just motorcycle lawyers, we're part of the riding community. Law Tigers watches over riders. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, we'll help you get your motorcycle repaired or replaced and assist you with your damaged gear too. We're by your side every step of the way. With the Law Tigers, you never ride alone. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, call 1-800-LAW-TIGERS or visit us on the web at lawtigers.com. The Law Tigers, California's motorcycle lawyer. Richard Davis, Harris Law Firm, LLP, 180 Carmenite Circle, Suite 300, Sacramento, California, 95824.
dentists are just liberal propaganda. Are you telling me a fact right now? I'm telling you a 100% fact. You hear the news? I like an adult podcast. You hear the news? I like an adult podcast. Handsome, tall, athletic. You slobs just <laughs> getting it on, dude. Being so bad that even your parents can't stay together. 690 pages of just 69ing on a beanbag show. <laughs> smack, smack like a fucking frog. <laughs> here with a very special podcast we're just Kasim Bentley's here he's gonna spit some knowledge to some uh, new comedians that have questions and things and stuff and and how exciting that he's here there's a he has a new show that's gonna be starting on Sundays from four to six called white slavery right Hoorah! <laughs> yeah it's it's more than you think but it's kind of what you think you know what I mean it's all there well it's we, provocative it's very for the wait where are you going Jay I'm going where are you going which one are you going to deliver? The dentists are just liberal propaganda. Are you telling me a fact right now? I'm telling you a 100% fact. These things just took over me. Just took over my it's your boy Sifo here, here to let you know that the 5th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival is March 1st through 7th. 2020 with special podcasts and comedy shows 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. all week get your tickets now on eventbrite just search mutiny radio and get ready for 76 comics from all over the u.s coming for 66 programs in seven days all here at 2781 21st street in the heart of the mission or if you can't be with us listen live or podcast from anywhere in the world at www.mutinyradio.fm Join us March 1st to 7th for these amazing events. What kind of a future? Law Tigers, we fight for motorcyclists. We're not just motorcycle lawyers, we're part of the riding community. Law Tigers watches over riders. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, we'll help you get your motorcycle repaired or replaced and assist you with your damaged gear too. We're by your side every step of the way. With the Law Tigers, you never ride alone. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, call 1-800-LAW-TIGERS or visit us on the web at lawtigers.com. The Law Tigers, California's motorcycle lawyer. Victor Davis, Harris Law Firm, LLP, 180 Carmack Circle, Suite 300, Sacramento, California, 
mutinyradio.fm. Hit the donate button, stream them live, download a podcast, have some fun! Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube. We watch the best movies that, uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by uh, Here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch a full-length movie. What's happening? This is your boy, Rob Edwards. I'm here to tell you about the fifth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. It's March 1st through the 7th, 2020, with special podcasts and comedy shows 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. all week long. Get your tickets on Eventbrite. Just search Mutiny Radio and get ready for 76 comments from all over the U.S. Coming for 66 programs in seven days, all here at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission, or listen live or podcast from anywhere in the world at Mutiny Radio. FM. Join us March 1st through the 7th for these amazing events. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be like in front of an audience? Like other- The dentists are just liberal propaganda. Are you telling me a fact right now? I'm telling you a 100% fact. You hear the news? I like an adult podcast. You hear the news? I like an adult podcast. Handsome, tall, athletic. You slobs just <laughs> getting it on, dude. Being so bad that even your parents can't stay together. 690 pages of just 69ing on a beanbag chat. <laughs> Smack, smack like a fucking frog. Is 
It's your boy Sifo here, here to let you know that the fifth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival is March 1st through 7th. 2020 with special podcasts and comedy shows 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. all week. Get your tickets now on Eventbrite. Just search Mutiny Radio and get ready for 76 comics from all over the U.S. coming for 66 programs in seven days all here at 2781 21st Street in the heart of the mission. Or if you can't be with us, listen live or podcast from anywhere in the world at www.mutinyradio.fm. Join us March 1st to 7th for these amazing events. What kind of a future? Law Tigers, we fight for motorcyclists. We're not just motorcycle lawyers, we're part of the riding community. Law Tigers watches over riding. Dentists are just liberal propaganda. Are you telling me a fact right now? I'm telling you a 100% fact. You hear the news? Like an adult 